I've been able to lifelong relationships on Reddit and ultimately close business directly through a channel that most people would say is something to avoid. You're listening to the Content 10X Podcast, where it's all about content repurposing. I'm Amy Woods, and I'm here to help you maximize your content and find smart ways to get your message in front of more of the right people, whilst also saving time. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder of Content 10X, and this week we have a guest interview lined up for you with the one and only Ross Simmons. And we talk all about content repurposing, of course, content distribution, and we take a look at some of the perhaps more undervalued or overlooked content distribution channels and why they shouldn't be ignored. Now, Ross is the founder of Foundation Marketing, a content marketing agency that combines data and creativity to develop and serve ambitious brands. Foundation Marketing provides content marketing services to organizations all over the world, ranging from some of the fastest growing startups and consumer products to global Fortune 500 brands. Ross and the team at Foundation have launched marketing initiatives to reach millions of people on channels like Instagram, SlideShare, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and more. And in addition to running Foundation Marketing, Ross is the founder of a wide range of different businesses, including Hustle & Grind, which is an e-commerce brand described as the voice of modern entrepreneurs. And he's also invested in a handful of startups and sits on the board of directors for a handful of non-profit organizations as well. Ross, welcome to the Content 10X podcast. Thanks for having me, Amy. I'm super excited to uh, chat with you today. This is going to be fun. Yeah, me too. So I used to think that there was no one in the world more passionate about content repurposing than me until I discovered you, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) And I to think there was no one more passionate about the world of content repurposing until I met you. So it's <laughs> great to have similar minds at the table. It's Kindred great. spirits, yeah. And also, I'm a fellow Canadian too, so you may not know this from my accent, but I was born not in Canada. Really? That's yeah. fascinating. Well, hello there, fellow Canadian. Your accent <laughs> tricked me and I would have had no idea. No, I was, I was born in Calgary, um, but uh, cool. we moved over to the UK when I was a bit younger. So um, hence no Canadian accent but maybe it's the Canadian side of us that is so passionate about the content repurposing who that's knows it. <laughs> and that's in the water and uh, it trickled in when you were we taught and it just carried over into your career and, <laughs> that's funny it did it did so how did you get so passionate about content repurposing and distribution is there a bit of an origin story there there is a bit of an origin story so when I first got into the world of content wasn't intended to be in the world of content as a marketer. I got into the world of content just as somebody who was passionate about video games and sports and things of that nature. So I was creating content for a handful of different communities. And that content, because I was publishing it in communities and resharing it on their forums and in their spaces, was always off. But then one day I noticed that I needed to start creating content about marketing as well if I wanted to break into this industry. So I wrote a piece of content. I believe it was great. I thought it was amazing. I thought it would definitely change my life, change my career, but I pressed publish and I was met with crickets. And in that moment, I realized that there was a difference between the content I was creating in the world of fantasy sports and that world and video games 
and marketing, which was the fact that I had no audience, I had no community, I wasn't able to reach people that I was in some of those other spaces. So at that moment, the light bulb went off that as much as it's important to create great content, it's just as important what you do with that content after and sharing it in different communities, making the most of it, repurposing it and finding ways to take one asset and turn it into multiple is really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, the best content isn't necessarily going to be that what gets the most eyes on, is it? Like, it's all about distribution. Yeah. And, you know, I completely agree with you. And you mentioned about plugging into different communities, which is just essential to to reach, isn't it? And getting engagement. And something that you often talk about um, in your content is Reddit, actually. And I just wanted to ask you a bit more about that, because I know you've you've shared a few examples of how you've plugged your content into Reddit. Could you tell me a bit more and just kind of share about what you do with Reddit? Definitely. So a lot of people are, are familiar with Reddit as this place that marketers should avoid at all costs. You don't go on Reddit. It's a place where they will tell you where to go and how to get there really quickly. Avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Like if you talk marketers, they break out into hives. But I believe that Reddit is one of the best places to distribute and create content um, that resonates with very niche audiences. So the way that Reddit works is there's a bunch of sub-communities called subreddits, which are essentially small groups of people who are passionate about certain topics. There's subreddits about barbecue. There's subreddits about the UK. There's subreddits about superheroes. There's subreddits about marketing, growth, futurology, AI, you name a topic, and there is a community on that topic in Reddit. Now, what believe is a massive opportunity is when you create a piece of content, thinking about how you can take that asset and then send it back to these different communities in a way that they're going to resonate with. That could be taking a full-on blog post, copy and pasting it, and then repurposing it and repackaging it in a way that Redditors are going to like. Meaning on Reddit, you can submit links and you can submit um, text posts. So if you take that blog post and you turn it into a text post and you share it with the community on Reddit, they will resonate with it. They'll comment on it and they'll engage with it. So that's one way that you can do it. You could always just take the URL from an asset that you've created and share it in subreddit as well. Sometimes there's rules against spam and they'll say, don't do that. And you'll have to follow those accordingly. But when that link goes in, you're now reaching all of the people in there. And back in 2018, it's been a while since we did it, but Foundation did an analysis of all of the various subreddits, and we found that the most popular content was content that was just a link. So if you have content on your site, Redditors want it. Redditors are looking for that type of content. So I would advise folks to find communities where they can send those links. Now, here's another key code on Reddit that not a lot of people realize. When you are in a subreddit, there's oftentimes people asking questions. People will ask, what are the best things that I should do if I want to accomplish X? People will say, what are the things that I need to read to accomplish Y? What you have an opportunity to do as a marketer is keep an eye on those trend questions answer those questions, and then plug your content in that answer. And when you do that, you're giving tons of value to the community, which is going to ensure that you don't get blocked and banned, but also you're able to capture traffic to your site. And just by leaving high value comments on questions that are relevant to my space, I've been able to build lifelong relationships on Reddit and ultimately close business directly through a channel that most people would say is something to avoid. 
That's really fascinating. And I guess when you see those questions as well, if you um, if you don't have a piece of content, then it's time to go and create that piece of content because it's giving you it, the ideas as well, isn't it? It's, it's you seeing the language that people are using and the questions that they're asking. And so you can either respond with content or you can go create the content. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's another cheat code of the internet in large. It's the idea of look at the questions that your audience is asking, look for the discussions that are heated, the conversations that over the life cycle of your time on the internet have constantly stirred up dialogue, debate, discussion, and questions, and use that inspire content that you should create. And then when you create that content, you now have what I would consider content market fit. Like the market has demonstrated that they want to hear about this Story. So what you need to do is take that content that you've created and distribute it on the channels where your audience is spending time, because this is the content that they want. So if you know your audience is here and you know that your audience wants this content, give it to them consistently time and time again, repurpose that content, remix that content, give it to them in the channels they're spending time. And it's going to resonate with them every single time because it's rooted in the research that you did up front to know these are questions they're asking. These are problems they're discussing. And I've now created valuable content because it answers and solves the problems that they've been talking about for weeks or months or years. Yeah, absolutely. Just a question on Reddit. So do you find that you need to spend quite a lot of time in there? So if your strategy is to be in there and obviously, like you said, share your content via text, via link, whatever's appropriate, um, does it pose a problem if you aren't there also in other forms like they're chatting starting discussions things like that so how much time do you have to spend there i think it's uh it's key on reddit to truly embrace Reddit as a community and as a site. And if you want to be successful on Reddit, you can't just use it as a place to just drop a bunch of links and call it a day. You do want to be active in the communities. You want to talk about things that are relevant to you and you want to use it as a human would. If you act like a pure play marketer on Reddit, you are likely going to be banned and blocked because people will check out your post history and they will see all this person ever does is add links to their website. So it's important that you share links to other people's websites. It's important that you go into a subreddit about gardening and you ask them, why aren't my tomatoes growing the way that I want them to? Those types of subtle, small conversations and dialogues make your account more authentic and Redditors are more likely to respond well to you when you're in the community because you'll feel like one of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess like with Reddit, a lot of people I think see it as a place where it's quite niche content or it'll be people talking about uh, theories on TV shows or like did did Stephen Avery kill like in making a murderer and things like that. But yeah. um, you mentioned, you know, you've genuinely got business from it you know you, there's genuinely like important things going on there could you give an example of of that kind of like i guess b2b type reddit content definitely so the subreddit on uh, the site called our uh, big seo so it's backslash r backslash big seo and this is a community where seos come talk about marketing on a regular basis. Somebody asked a question about like, what are the things that I need to read on SEO to better understand it? Now, probably about five years ago, I was very big on I gave myself a challenge to figure out if I could crack the code. So I saw this question. I went in with an amazing post where I just gave this person a glimpse into how they can grow their career as an SEO, the resources they need to read, et cetera. Now, when I left that content in there, it was meant to just help this person. You fast forward three years later, that person got a career in SEO. They read the 
noticed they started to subscribe to my YouTube channel. They sent me a DM on Twitter. So it went off of Reddit, but I'm over onto Twitter and they said, Hey Ross, I read your subreddit post. I'm now looking at this company and I want to work with you because of this content that you added back to my life many years ago. So if you give value to the world, I truly believe that the world will be valued back. And if you can go into Reddit, if you can go into these communities and give value to them, someday value is going to come back. It might not be tomorrow. You might not get the sale tomorrow. But by adding value five years ago, I was able to get a client three years later that is still a client today. And I think that that is a opportunity that more people need to recognize. The game is long. And if you play long-term games, you'll be able to see the results over the, the rest of your life, essentially. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it always fascinates me when people you know, get in touch with us to do business, mate, fill out inquiry form. And, and when did you hear about us? And it'll go back so far. It, it'll be something like, Amy spoke at an event in 2017 or something like that or or, you know it'll trace back to a piece of content or and it it always like you said it's such a long game isn't it and you don't know with all the bits of content that you put out you just don't know who you connected with and and who then is following you and maybe following your career and your content till the time is right it's it's really interesting isn't it it is. It really is. The The coolest thing about Reddit is not only are you able to do things in the long term, you can get some quick wins, right? Like you can have those quick wins as well, where we they call it the Reddit hug of death, where if your website goes to the front page of Reddit and you don't have a great subscription in terms of hosting, your website will probably crash because there will be millions of people visiting it. Like a lot of people don't realize, but Reddit recently surpassed Facebook as being one of the most frequently visited websites on desktop in the world because people love Reddit. Um, I th- it was the U.S., not the world. Sorry, I don't want to miss status to that one. Um, but in the U.S., it surpassed Facebook. So that is an insight that I think a lot of people should be thinking about as like Reddit is not just this niche place where a few Internet people are spending time. There are tons of people using Reddit every single day, and it is a great place for you to distribute your content and repurpose your content if you understand the space itself. Is there any is there anything that you can try and do to get on that Reddit homepage? Are there any like secret tips or anything like that, or is it very hard to work it out? No, I think there is a secret tip. I, I believe truly I've cracked the code and I can to the front page of any subreddit. I really do believe that. And the way is this, you start by understanding the audience in the various subreddits that you want to connect with. So how do you do that? into a community, you go into a subreddit, and you're going to sort the content by top posts. When you click top posts, it's only going to show you the best content that resonated, that got a lot of upvotes, people adored that people were obsessed with in that community. You're going to then click all time. So you want to see the best posts of all time. These are the greatest hits. You're then going to reverse engineer and look for a trend between all of those posts. So what I would do is I would actually export all of those posts and see what is the trend across the top 100 posts in this community are all of the posts in a baby group talking about how to get your baby to say the first word, or is all of the posts inside of a marketing group talking about the books and resources that you need to read is all of the posts in the group about futurology about Elon Musk, whatever that insight is, you're going to look for it. And then once you find it, you're going to create a piece of content that is better than everything else in that community on that specific topic, and then give it back to 
And when you do that, the community is going to resonate with it because you've already validated and confirmed that this is stuff that people want in this community. I called this and coined this idea called the Sherlock homeboy approach. If you do a quick research, you can find a bunch of content that I've created on this idea of just like leveraging past results to dictate and determine what type of content you should be communicating to an audience. Um, and it can be ridiculously powerful if you do it appropriately in these different communities. You know what's so interesting about that, and I just absolutely love the approach, is that you, when you listen to you talking about that, I can imagine people thinking, wow, you know, that does sound quite time consuming though. And, you know, that, that could take ages. I think I'll just go and do another unresearched piece of content and put it out instead of spending. And I'll do 50 unresearched content that doesn't really, you know, resonate with anyone that took about as much time as the amount of time that you just explained but then the results of what you just explained the ROI is going to be so much more do you, do you find that as well that you know the the I guess like the the lack of um understanding and the devaluing of the importance of that addition that that research that real target audience research here's a here's a truth as it relates to marketing right like everybody wants to create amazing content but nobody wants to do the research to figure out what goes into creating that amazing content and you can choose your heart like you can choose to spend a lot of time up front researching the type of content that's going to result in an amazing piece of content and yes it's not going to be easy it's going to be hard work but the outcome is going to be an amazing content or you can create a hundred pieces of content that are not rooted in any type of research any type of analysis and hope that one of those pieces stand out both ways of doing it are very very difficult both ways of doing are not easy and are going to be challenging and you have to choose your heart. Me personally, I would choose to do the research every single time over brute force creating, 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 and hoping that something sticks. I would rather spend weeks researching, understanding, and then creating something that I have a high probability of actually having success with. Hey, just a little break from this podcast episode to ask you a question. Would you like one single place that you can go to that provides you with everything you need to be able to implement the best practices in content repurposing for your video content, your podcast episodes, and your social media content today? To help you get more value from the content that you create, get more time back, and help you reach more people than you ever thought possible. If so, then you are going to love the Content 10X Toolkit. The toolkit is full of video tutorials, templates, checklists, swipe files, step-by-step -step guides, and more that shows you how to repurpose your content in the best ways possible today. No more Googling, no more figuring it out yourself. We provide you with everything that you need to become a content repurposing pro. If this sounds like something that would interest you, then go check out the Content 10X Toolkit at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, I'm back to this week's episode. Are there any particular tools? I know we've talked about Reddit um, and what you would do within Reddit, but then I guess kind of more generally content creation, whether it be it blog posts or your next video, um, how do you tend to approach the uh, target audience and the, the research, the customer research? Right. So it starts again by going into the channels where I know I'm going to distribute the content and 
and looking for trends around the types of things these people are talking about. So if I'm trying to connect with a group of engineers, I'm going to go into engineering communities. I'm going to go into engineering spaces. I'm going to talk to engineers. I'm going to study engineers. I'm going to learn about them and then figure out what stories and topics they resonate with. And I'm going to start mapping out a bunch of ideas. I'm not going to just say, this is one idea and this is what we're going to do. I'm going to map out all of the bad ideas, all of the ones that aren't going to resonate, all of the ones that I would be embarrassed to actually press publish on. The bad ideas are worth making this list as well. And then I'm going to dive deeper into them and think, okay, why would someone click on this? How many people have this problem? How many people would be interested in this? And go through a system to figure out like which pieces of content are going to drive the success metric that we've identified, but also what pieces of content are most likely to actually resonate and solve the problem for the audience. And then you double down and create those. Now, of course, you're, you have to also have a, a gut check on whether or not something is in your own circle of genius and something that you can create. And in those situations, you have to also look at resourcing. Is this something that you can actually afford to create, whether that's time or money? Those are things that you have to consider as well. But it all comes back to ensuring that you go deep in understanding that audience they are talking to them, spending the time. It could be listening to um, customer support requests. It could be looking at sales calls that your team is having. It could be looking at the problems that people are talking about on sites like Yelp or G2, Trustradius, et cetera, studying the pains that customers have, and then using that to inform the content that you create. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned, of course, then looking and seeing that you're going to hit those success metrics. What are the important success metrics that you tend to focus on? Yes, great question. So when it comes to success metrics, there's a lot of different things that you would strive for depending on your business. And I know that sounds like an MBA style answer. It depends. It depends. That's always what marketers say, but it truly does, right? It truly does depend. A, a organization that has been around for decades, owns a lot of the market share, they might be just looking for brand awareness. You know, a lot of marketers would say, no, we don't want brand awareness, but some companies do, and that's what they're looking for. So you're going to measure things like reach. You're going to measure visits. You're going to measure the things that a lot of people would say are vanity metrics. Those are things that you're going to care about. But in some situations, you're going to measure things like how many backlinks a piece of content is generating. You're going to measure how many um, shares is a piece of content generating. How many channels did this piece of content get distributed on? How many times did um, this piece of content get mentioned in the press. Sometimes you're going to be looking at how many needs does this piece of content facilitate through our pipeline and our funnel. So it's going to depend on the business, the type of business, all of these things come into consideration, but they're going to be tailored to your own overarching business objectives. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with you. It sometimes feels like, oh, it depends, but it completely depends. <laughs> In terms of um, different businesses, so I know you guys at Foundation, you very much can focus on the SaaS businesses, don't you, as a, as a key focus. What is it about the world of SaaS that you felt, I want to help these guys with, with content? I'm obsessed with technology. I've been a geek my entire life. I can remember being obsessed with the Jetsons. I was a young kid. I can remember drawing and creating my own like 
technologies as a kid. Like I was a, a huge nerd. And when you look at software and you look at SaaS and the impact that it has had on culture at large, it's a fascinating space. And for me, I love the way that SaaS is revolutionizing so many different industries. And I wanted to be involved with it. I wanted to be in this space and I just love the business model. I love the way that um, it's influencing the world. And I think that it's going to continue down that past path for, for decades to come. Um, I just love SaaS and I love B2B. And while to many people it's boring, I find it exciting. I find B2B to be a very exciting space. I think the work that is being done by both our foundation clients, but also the industry at large to be interesting, fascinating, uh, to think about the scale and the growth and the ability to truly revolutionize and change the workflows for millions of people is something that to me um, is inspirational and something I can get excited about every single day. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that this is a passion-led focus because all too often, I think what can happen with businesses and especially agencies is you can find that you, you know, you have one client in a particular industry and then free referrals and things like that. All of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, 50% of my clients just happen to be in this area. And then through just like organically how things happened you specialize in something that you're not really passionate about it just kind of happened whereas it's wonderful to hear that it's purely a passion-led focus of of something that as you said excites you every day which I think is I think is wonderful appreciate it yeah I do get excited like when I'm talking to SaaS founders I'm talking to SaaS marketers and people in this space um, it feels like I'm just talking to friends like I'm talking to people who speak my language and because of that it feels like I'm home and I I love this space completely and I I think I'll be involved with technology in this lane for the rest of my life that's awesome and I'm sure that when they you know speak to you they get great comfort from the fact that you understand them you speak their language so it works both ways (laughs) Um, in terms of um, of distribution so in terms of content distribution we talked about reddit Um, and i want to dig into quora for a second so it's another interesting and probably quite sometimes underutilized neglected channel and i've I've also i've I've seen you talk about quora before and how would you recommend extending quora to your content distribution channels yes When it comes to Quora, a lot of people don't realize that it's one of those sites that Google sends a lot of traffic for. Like Google sends a ton of traffic every single day to various landing pages and questions that people on Quora have answered. And that is where your opportunity, I believe, on Quora lies. The actual usage and users on Quora may not be as high quality as they were, let's say five, eight years ago. But the amount of traffic that is generated by Quora is still significant to a point where if you can identify questions in Quora that rank for keywords that are in the long tail relevant to your space, and you can answer those questions with high value insights and thoughts that also include subtle links throughout to your own website, you are essentially ranking in Google through a third party and capturing that traffic and sending them to your own site. So the approach that I would recommend is that you first start by understanding what URLs on Quora's website are ranking for keywords that are relevant to your target audience, map those out, answer those questions, add a ton of value, make sure that they're not just a link to your site and call it a day, fill it with valuable insight. And then once you've done that, you are now ranking in Google for long tail phrases. And if you can start to publish that same answer on your site for that question, you can now own two spots 
in Google for that content. So you can eventually get to a point, and I call this SERP domination, where you try to have SERP dominance, where you own every element of the SERP, where you have the featured snippet, you have the link on Quora that is your answer, you have a YouTube video answering a question, you have your own blog post, you have a guest blog post on a topic. When you have that, that is when you have established a competitive advantage in search. And that is when you have the ability to reap the benefits of content distribution for years. Absolutely love that. What about if um, the question isn't there? So this is one. Um, can you pose the question to answer the to provide the answer? So ask someone in your team 100%. to post the question. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Ask the question yourself and then come back two weeks later and answer it. You could even ask the question anonymously. You can use that feature in Quora, ask a question anonymously, and then answer it yourself with an in-depth uh, answer that is relevant. A hundred percent, Amy, I would do that every yeah. single time. <laughs> Good you said that. And um, what about other neglected distribution channels? So what, what do you think people sometimes downplay or just miss out on? One of the channels that I believe is massively underestimated right now are niche newsletters and niche podcasts. So I have a hypothesis that the most undervalued media opportunity today is inside of the various niche podcast opportunities. It's in the niche newsletters, especially those that are still early on in their career. And what I believe a lot of folks listening to this right now should be thinking about trying to do is reach out to people who run a podcast that may not have ran advertising in the past and say, look, we love your podcast. We think this is going to go somewhere. We think that you have an opportunity have an opportunity to resonate and give value to your audience. Can we sponsor the next 10 episodes? Can we sponsor the next season of your podcast? Because if you are correct, that that podcast is going to take off. The value that you are able to capture over the course of a season that takes off and ultimately lives forever on Apple, on Spotify, et cetera, can be significant. So you, if you can sponsor these podcasts before they take off, it's an amazing ROI. You can think of some of your favorite podcasts, right? Like think of some of your favorite podcasts and think about their first season, think about their second season. If you were the sponsor of those seasons, it could have paid significant dividends because that was right before they took off. And the same thing exists in newsletters. And I think that is a massive opportunity that is underestimated across the board. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I feel like there's a bit of a resurgence of interest in newsletters as well, isn't there? I just feel like there's more talk of that. I see a few more people posing questions online. What, what are the good newsletters to subscribe to, which you didn't really see people talking about. It feels like people are just starting to to realize that they enjoy reading a newsletter and, and getting things in their email inbox instead of the some of the noisy distribution channels that you don't always get that good content from the people that you like, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the, that's a good insight into why it might be happening, right? Like mm -hmm. in the inbox, we very much try to curate and control what comes in. We move to spam, we delete things, we unsubscribe from things. But on social, we oftentimes are socially obligated to follow certain accounts. We follow certain things because they're a friend. We follow our friends because they're our friends. We follow a person from high school because they're from high school. We have all of these things in our feed that we don't necessarily want. But in our inbox, we have control. And newsletters are something that you can be very specific on and say, like, I'm giving you permission to reach my inbox and I will consume your content. Now, tread low make sure that you don't give me a bunch of garbage or I'm going to unsubscribe as well. But I think that's an insight into why the resurgence of newsletters might actually be happening. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I over-policed my inbox. You know, got so 
carried away with all my unsubscribes and all of that, that then I realized I wasn't actually getting anything that interesting anymore. And then I started thinking, okay, who, who could I subscribe to? Who does a good newsletter? Well, if you're not subscribed to mine, make sure that you subscribe to Ross's. I have one uh, through foundation newsletter that I would love to have you subscribe to. I think you, and you know what, Ross, I actually am. You send, um, you send really great uh, kind of in-depth case study reviews of, um, of uh, various like companies that you've really studied don't you and I and, and I genuinely you know I read them I enjoy them I'll always oh. I'll always bookmark it if I don't have time at the moment that's awesome to go I and have a look, so <laughs> yeah. no, they can definitely be very lengthy we do these in-depth analysis of SaaS companies and brands that are doing well online break down everything around their growth strategies um, if folks are interested you can go to foundationinc.co and subscribe to the newsletter I think uh, anyone who's interested in this stuff would find value in it 100 agree I can you can just see how much time and effort you put into those um studies are really interesting so yeah I will put the link to all of this Thank in the you. show notes <laughs> um one um, one last avenue that I wanted to go down with you is um TikTok so what are your thoughts on TikTok are you are you creating for TikTok for yourselves for your clients in the b2b space I'd just love to know if you're repurposing over there Great question. So TikTok has yet to enter the world of Ross. So my brand itself is not on TikTok. Am I a believer? 100%. I think TikTok is a great channel for folks to use and utilize. I know a lot of up and coming marketers who are learning how to do marketing directly through TikTok. And TikTok has been a great channel for them to learn how to leverage Instagram, how to leverage LinkedIn, how to leverage all of these different platforms. So I'm very long on TikTok and I believe that it's going to play a role in the future. For clients today, our approach is been sponsoring and partnering with influencers and letting them do what they do really well, which is create TikTok relevant content. So we are partnering with people on link on TikTok who understand the space, who understand what type of content to create. We're arming them with the ability to have creative freedom and allowing them to tell the story for that brand on TikTok on the brand's behalf. And that has worked really well. But I do believe a lot of brands are going to start investing in TikTok, even in the world of B2B, and they're going to be able to reap the benefits of a emerging platform very quickly. I think it's it's very much a creator-led platform, isn't it? You know, you mentioned before when we were talking, I can't remember about one of the social sites, about how, you know, you'll see things from your friends and from, you know, people you used to go to school with, people you work with, things like that. But with with TikTok, it's creator-led. You don't, you don't go and get FOMO that your friends are all out and you're not out or things like that because you it's more kind of just looking at the creativity of, what people you don't really know, but you've started to follow because you like them creatively. And so it, it's really interesting to see what the what the brands are doing and how it's not a social FOMO app. So I think people spend a bit, right. well, people go on a different rabbit hole and just get like creative FOMO. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Everybody, you go on TikTok and you feel like, whoa, I am not as creative as I should be. Um, but it's a, it's a great form. I love it for inspiration. And I love it as a, a long-term play. I think it's going to have a lot of influence on, on culture at large. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, it's it, you can't kind of dismiss it now and it's not a, it's not a new, um, it's not new, it's been around for a while, but at the same time, from a repurposing perspective, I still very much feel that it it has a specific type of content that just taking a snippet from a YouTube video and putting that onto um, TikTok, I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but it's not, 
but content for TikTok is very specific for TikTok, isn't it? And so it, yeah. you have to get it right, like an audiogram on, on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that would not necessarily be, be what anybody is looking for. Um, I know like it does work. I mean, I've, I know Gary Vaynerchuk will be slicing up all of his content and just putting it over there. It depends who you are and what following you have to begin with as well. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Thank you so much for coming on, Ross. It has been really, really great talking to you. And I, I think I could just kind of carry on for ages just talking all about, about content, content repurposing. But I think um, our time is, is coming to an end, isn't it? And um, where would you guys say everyone should go and subscribe without doubt to your newsletter? It's awesome. I, I love the content you put out there. Um, where would you like people to connect with you if um, they want to go and find out more? Yeah, so definitely subscribe to the newsletter, foundationinc.co slash newsletter. I would love to connect with you in your inbox. But more than that, I'm on all the various social platforms. So if you're on LinkedIn, look me up, give me an ad, let me know that you heard me when I was chatting with Amy. Um, I would be happy to connect with you on LinkedIn, but also on Twitter. I'm at the cool school on Twitter. Happy to connect with you there as well. Um, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Send me a tweet. Let us know. I would really appreciate that. And Amy, my hat's off to you for preaching about content repurposing. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for spreading the word. I think more marketers need to recognize the importance of taking that one asset that they've created and distributing it forever. And I think you've done a great job at amplifying that message and telling the world about the importance of taking one piece and turning it into 10 plus. So thank you so much for the time and uh, the dialogue today. Oh, thank you so much. And right back at you as well. We can both continue to preach about it until people take note. <laughs> no, they are though, but thank you. Um, I really do appreciate it. It's been awesome speaking to you. So thank you. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. You as well. Take care. Thanks, Amy. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, then please subscribe on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. And you can also subscribe to the weekly content 10X newsletter to get the episode delivered to your inbox along with loads more tips and advice on repurposing, exclusive content news, offers and more. Head to content10x.com forward slash newsletter to become a content 10X insider. I promise you won't regret it. And if you want help with your repurposing, then check out our fully end-to-end -end content repurposing service here at Content 10X. I promise you're in good hands with us if you want to maximize your content, but leave the hard work to experts so that you can focus on your business. So just head to content10x.com to find out about everything that we could do to support you. And if you prefer a more DIY approach or you'd like to empower your team or just learn more about repurposing, then do get a copy of my book, Content 10X on Amazon and check out the Content 10X toolkit. That's at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. All that's left to say is thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.